bottom line. To this amazing platform and company that you've been the father of called Skylab. But I want to dial it well back first. Just welcome at the bottom line. Appreciate it. Um, it's good to call you friend. Thank you. Love the studio. It's a great setup here. Yeah, thank you. Dan and the team have worked hard. <laughs> and it's still in process. We've got some things to do still, but it's it's coming. Yeah, uh, I love it. And we've taken some inspiration from from you for sure. I'm proud to be part of this what we what you call Skylab Tech Republic, right? Mm -hmm. But let's go back because I love the stories behind the man, the man behind the champion, the fighter. You're like, who's the guy? Because everybody talks about the noise always, and you see what media shows you, but they don't know. For instance, Tom Brady, the father, the husband. Mm -hmm. well, how did the guy get there? Because nothing happens overnight. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing, right? And so this journey for you, just briefly, what you are willing to share, and if you don't want to just say no comment, dude. I, I don't <laughs> want to talk about that. But you had a pretty unique upbringing. And I, yeah. I find when I met you the first time, that's what I honestly, before even the tech, and it took me a while to understand the tech because it's a fire hose mm -hmm. and we can see. I connected with your upbringing. I don't think I've ever told you this, but I connected with the way you were raised and I was like, hmm. uh, I've got stuff in common with this guy. Oh, okay. You know, because I really just believe today, if you see someone like an Elon Musk or those guys, the formative years, there's a, there was battle. Mm -hmm. you for, you're forged in right. fire, right? So just your upbringing, give us an understanding a little bit of what that was like and where, where that came from. I would say you hit the nail on the head when you were first starting to talk about it, that like a lot of people that sometimes do epic things, there might've been a lot of uncertainty in their upbringing. That could have been the family dynamic, home, finances, whatever it is, or instability. So growing up, that was definitely the case with me and my little brother. So I think that either forces you to go down potentially a negative path or it turns you into a fighter and you realize you got to crawl your way out of this. So that uncertainty is what forged, I think, the ambition, mm -hmm. if you will. It was all because you want to go from uncertainty to certainty. And then I was fortunate to be able to travel globally and uh, was able to do the network marketing back in that day, go build a large audience in 18 countries for over 20 years. And for anyone who's been fortunate enough to have an idea and take something that's this size and have it become this size, you know, grow it, you can learn that no matter what it is, whether it's a movie, a movement, an organization, the reality is, is you have to train, track, reward, and communicate and stay in connection with this organization that you're growing, especially as it starts to go outside of your own country. Mm. There's just different growing pains you hit if you ever get that big. Because that you only have so many, so much capacity as an individual. <clears throat> to give personal attention and care to people. So what happens when this, and I think we've got a picture on the screen. This is you on stage. In my dapper 20s. <laughs> I was gonna ask you how old you were there. <laughs> 20s and 30s. 20s and 30s, but, but at, over a 20 year period, this is what you did. You yes. flew around the US and then around the world. Yes. And you presented, and the reason you presented is in that industry, you rose to the top of the industry so that many who started in the industry, well, how do I how do I get up there mm -hmm. in network marketing, for instance? How do I earn right. how what do you, you earn, that lifestyle? Or how, and so you went from selling the product, 
marketing, building the business, marketing the product, the the downstream, the legs, the whole deal, mm -hmm. to teaching this is how, right? Well, yes, and I think a lot of people that from that industry realize you really just are building a life coaching's business for the people who have longevity. You're basically teaching people how to increase their businesses. You're a massive coach and the products are secondary for the people who large organizations. So when you do that, people end up following you, not because of even your product, they end up following you because of what you're doing, who you're becoming and what you're helping them with, whether it's counseling, time management, basically just how do you navigate around all this stuff? And you end up basically helping people go, how do you build a business of any kind? So once you get big in that space, I realized I loved it, but I didn't own my audience. So, yeah. I, so I wanted to say, okay, look, if I'm going to build an audience, I want to own the audience, number one. So I decided just to turn into a giant coaching company and leave the network marketing behind. And then second, I realized even if you own your audience as a coach, you don't own the platforms. You don't own the technology. You've got hundreds of thousands of people, but you're constantly putting them on YouTube for this, WhatsApp for that. All and this is, give us a time. This is what, late 90s? Oh, yeah. This is a while okay, ago. So, so I just want, want the audience yeah. just to understand here because a lot of people, and I said this respectfully, woke up in 2020, mm -hmm. woke up in 2021 and go, oh, gosh. What just happened? It didn't just happen. Oh, no. It's been, yes. So it's been coming. It's been coming for, for a, long, a time. long time. You just saw it very early. I was fortunate to be able to have a large community in 18 countries. Well, if you actually have, if anyone's forced to monitor and maintain that, you're going to notice pattern recognition. You're going to notice things globally that haven't even hit the United States yet. Like it's back in our joke of when Starbucks formed and people are like, wow, I can't believe that Starbucks took off. For those of us who've traveled, we're laughing like, really? You didn't think a coffee shop would actually take off for hundreds of years? They're everywhere else in the world. Yeah. So you just take something that's already been proven cross de age demographic, cross culturally, and then you duplicate it here. And cross generations. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Core behavior. And so and it's human behavioral science. People behave a certain way and yes. they have certain core needs and it's identifying those things. But what you had is you had a an incredible... Um, self senses and and you know your your own group of people that you could gather this information from in 18 different countries not not very many people have that i was fortunate to be able to be reading a lot of the books attending a lot of the seminars that many of you listening to this do but i was able to learn it turn around and pour it into an ecosystem a human petri dish if you will of people and see what i was reading what really worked in real life and what wasn't working and then i think you have to have in inside you uh, a desire to be curious and stay curious because you're, you're, there's a group of people that are salespeople only. And there's nothing wrong with salespeople, but if, if you're just focused on sales, but if you're actually curious about what's happening, why it works, what's the underlying patterns behind it, then you dive into all this stuff. So it was a yeah. lot of fun. And, and I learned a lot and it's very humbling. You get to see all different types of ages culture demographics and you just become globally aware but it but it also and i always say this anything that's worth something costs something and it <laughs> it had a cost oh it yeah co it costs you know I, I i know and you've said this a lot you know if you've ever and i have had a, a jet strapped to your butt yep. flying around the world you realize real quick you know certain things and it costs a lot and it's cost you a lot not just yes. money but yes. pain effort time abandonment you know Anyone betrayal Yes, anyone who's anyone who's really forged the effort required to build something that big, 
yeah, the, the, it's the hero's journey you go through. But there also is an integrity gap, again, if you're curious and also maintain character to be honest with yourself and call baloney on yourself, was the bigger we got, there was a bigger integrity gap. And we thought we were in the transformation business. What we realized is we had to swallow that ugly pill I've talked about of realizing, wait a minute, we're really in the raising awareness business. That's not bad, but if you, but suddenly as we're doing this, we're doing all these mega events, we've got all these communities, and at the same time, cell phones are invented, apps are being invented, Farmville, Angry websites, Birds, yeah, websites, and suddenly people growing fake squash with it, and, you know, on, on, on video games and apps were growing their communities faster than we were. And they had more data than we did. And they were having people take actions two or three times a day. And suddenly we had to sit back and think, wait a minute, how are we getting our rear ends kicked by some sort of app when we've got good intentions, good people, wonderful leaders that have been doing this around the world? And the truth is this new industry of apps was starting to dominate. It was getting better results. So I was approached by a bunch of folks and said, would you be open to selling your company and going and diving into technology which I like to say hell, pardon the language. Tech, tech hell. Tech no, hell. Yeah, for sure. And say, would you be willing to go do this and learn it? Because we need something to build our communities and it takes someone who's had to run a community to build it. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and to take that leap and say, well, I'm going to invest the time. And, and again, the human behavior. And then right. we go to the desert, literally. Mm -hmm. We go to the desert and say, okay, now i got to self-discover everything I thought worked. And you said something real quick. The engagement in in so many in in the in the church or in business on politics for that matter mm -hmm. is how do you get someone that when you've inspired them you've informed them you brought awareness inspired them to actually take an action mm -hmm. that's not that easy and then if you get them to take an action back then how would you track right. that action how would you how would you then the, track and you, the, the you, only way we did it couldn't. was testimonies people exactly. come on stage they'd give their heartfelt testimony but that's still subjective not you know so what we had to do is learn to mirror the great intentions of leaders with the technology that was getting better results and use the technology for good. So what you're hitting on is what we called VRS, Value Reinforcement System. Is that if you're going to raise awareness with a movie, a concert, um, social media, live events, whatever you're doing to make it rain, keep it up. But if it's going to rain, own a bucket. And in that bucket is where if you get someone to know something, I know is not I am. And there's a big jump between learning about something and becoming that thing. Yeah, That's where a lot of folks who read the self-help books make the mistake because they think they're now aware that they're now qualified. And now they are, it's like, I, I, I equate this to just because you read a book about piloting a plane yep. does not mean you can go get in a plane and fly the plane. That's super dangerous. And unfortunately now people can read things, turn around and post up a website and start teaching. Yeah. And they're a self-proclaimed thought leader. Yeah, exactly. Right overnight. Yeah. And so we did, I did 300 interviews with pastors, military leaders, game designers, people who built movements and had what I called the holy grail of, have you built something that survived at least half a decade? Are there people going through your training? Are they taking actions? Is the community supporting them? And is there evidence at the end that you truthfully transform something? And by being willing to be humble and take all those interviews, and having everyone tell you their pain points and what they liked and what they didn't like and where they were good and where they weren't good or effective, that's how we reverse engineered a solution. But it all came down to people truly do want to make a difference. They just don't have the technology to do it normally. 
And so technology explodes over that time. We all saw it happen. Zuckerberg, we know the story and, and all the the, the the trauma with that. And it wasn't even intended to be what it was. It was really to connect guys and girls on a college campus and <laughs> off right. we go, right? right. And, and so much starts with guys and girls. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so much is, is that primal. But here we go now. And, and all of a sudden, some characters come in. I think tech outgrows social initiative. They don't quite know the effect it's going to have on tech. We have the movie Social Dilemma, which right. is really that era. And you're part of that and saying, okay, well, now all of a sudden kind of they broke the world in a way because some nefarious characters take that very technology was designed for one thing and they reverse engineer it. In right. our cases, we fight human trafficking right. and it becomes a very dangerous weapon. So now sprinkle that in there into the melting pot, the soup kitchen of your gathering data and human behavior. But now you also have to consider tech can be very dangerous, can be super dangerous. Mm -hmm. So so navigate me a little bit through that process where you also had to start and we have to start taking into consideration the dangers of tech because you mentioned VRS. Mm -hmm. I would argue, and I, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, and that's why I'm so proud to be a part of Skylab. VRS, value reinforcement, I don't know of another tech platform that has value reinforcement as a core a premise inside the, the design of their platforms right. that the, the focus and the vision is literally to have a positive impact on culture, not just connecting people. Well, I, I would say that there, there are a few companies who desire or make the claim that they're technology for good. Unfortunately, they don't have the experience and they didn't do the interviews with the proper people who know how to lead human behavior. So they've built something that they don't really understand. Right. So, for example, VRS, it's simple to say it, value reinforcement. Okay, but in order to do that, you have to be able to have some sort of training mechanism where people can take a course. Instantly, then, you have to be able to take a course and have actions they can take daily that you have to be able to create. And then when they take those actions, there needs to be a community wall where people can high-five it, share those actions, uh, and support you doing what you're doing. And then there has to, be again, be the data at the end that proves that to yourself for self-efficacy, I can see I'm making a change. Well, you can track it. My friends can see I'm making a change and government agencies and funding or organizations can see we're making a change. So the reality is that I would say it took thought leaders and coaches to come build the technology. The technology didn't, it doesn't turn into that. So, or, and then I would say parents, it's time for parents really to wake up and go, look, Angry Birds and social media has proven that people do this. Now let's get in there and use our values and yeah. use it for good. It yeah. just means parents need to step back in the ring. That's yeah. all. And, and, and then being given some platforms that allows them and supports them to do that, which we're going to get into <clears throat> while you grab a drink. I want to tell the people about Patriot Mobile, the only conservative Christian cell phone provider in the U.S. They put their money where their mouth is. Glenn and the team over there went to the border with us. They fight sex trafficking with us. You understand that these guys really share your values. Judeo-Christian values, they're patriots. They stand for freedom and for individual liberty. So why don't you dial 972 Patriot? And when you do, mention the bottom line and you'll get free activation. I'm proud to endorse Patriot Mobile. These guys and girls at Patriot Mobile really have the right heart and they care about you as an individual, but they want to give you great service. They use all the same towers as the major uh, cell phone carriers. So you're going to get the same service uh, in the cell phone service, but you're going to get personal care. All right. So check out Patriot Mobile, 972-PATRIOT. Dean, now 
all that being said, your history, trauma, we connect there, it, it, and you're right. You either pick, hey, I'm going to fight or I'm not. And then right. it, it creates its own challenges because <laughs> later in life, as we get older, we realize, oh, my goodness, you know, I maybe could have done it a little different. And mm-hmm. you learn. You're constantly learning. But you said something that is a, is a key point that I want to highlight for the audience, and that is being inquisitive or wanting to discover you know, and not just necessarily, well, what's the world doing, but where am I going wrong? Mm-hmm. Unless we can track behavior in society and then get that data and have it available to us, we're basically blind. We're, we're kind of feeling only, our only way. Only what gets measured gets improved. Right? Yes. So when we look at something like Facebook, not and just when data is not being shared or when one entity has data and another doesn't, it's a disadvantage. And this is why I think you think governments are looking at this and going, well, wait a second. Mm-hmm. Some corporations, not even needing to mention them, have more information and intel than we do on our people. So right? can, can I jump yeah. up? So I think it's also important to make the clarity here. You need to have an organic relationship with your community, meaning... Am I going to track what you're doing on social media? You, it's like going to a giant party. It's so big today. Um, I'm going to this random general huge party and someone's tracking me without me knowing it. Then they're taking my data and doing something and then they're not even sharing it back to me. That's not organic or authentic or fair. It's different if I join the I love surfing community and I'm choosing to share my data and my actions because I want the surf experts to know something about me in exchange for maybe now that I'm giving you information, I see the information I'm giving you and you're now sharing some of that sponsors and maybe a free surfboard for me. What's happening is big tech got too big. So the, the line that you and I've talked about is small is the new huge. Yeah. And the, and the reality is follow a local trust agent. You're following communities because they have a topic of something you believe they've navigated through the chaos of the world. You trust them. You're following them. You're willing to give them certain information about you so they can make money. And maybe they can even share prizes and things back to us. Yeah. So that's the big shift. So it's a give and take. It's a mutual benefit. It's, yes. a, it's, a, it's a risk reward, but there's a relationship going on there. And so I think we're- Like we're, a Nike or Fitbit watch. It, well, I'm, I, I'm, I, you know, I was, a, I was a professional athlete for a long time. It's no different than me get, taking a sponsorship. Right. And the sponsor's saying, hey, this is what we expect of you. But we're going to sponsor you, and it's a relationship, and it's personal, and you build that over time, and it's mutual. But when it's one-sided, and I think that's what we've seen with big tech, and it got out of hand because there's a lot of money, a lot of advertising, and then they just started sharing less and less and less data. Now, to jump forward and then come back, walk it back, Skylab. Skylab has gone through a metamorphosis in Mm -hmm. itself. It started in one place, but it was always about value reinforcement, and it still is today. But as as things started being uncovered and ramped up over 2016 through 2020, mm-hmm. 2021, you know, it became apparent of what the other needs were. So as we're journeying through Skylab, on, on the screen we've got, you know, this whole thing about ownership. Who owns the content? Before we go to that slide, give me your 30,000 foot bird's eye view of what is Skylab for, for someone that's never heard of Skylab. Of course, I'm part of it. I know, but mm-hmm. I mean, help help the, the, the listener here. The so bird. it's basically a Facebook you can own as a creator. So it's, it's, do you want your own social platform that you own? So you can own the content, 
the data, the relationship, the values, because you don't need to go join another, another massive platform anymore because those days are over. Now you can get that platform yourself. So the, the metaphor I like to use is as technology was changing over the last 20 years with social media, there, it's, it's sort of mimicking what happened to young artists back in the day. And you've heard me use this analogy. When you're a young artist, you come out, you get on someone else's label. They take you on tour. They make you famous. You need them. And then once you build up a decent sized following, you start to realize, uh-oh, I should probably own my own label. And like we've seen most musicians Or today, my content. Your content. So a lot of musicians have gone through that evolution where they're now even starting out, they're more careful because they realize you don't need millions and millions of followers. Like... Um, the one hour uh, or the one minute manager or the four hour work week, you know, was saying, look, if you have a thousand people following you, you should never have to work again. So first of all, it's a much smaller tribe. So as musicians went through that, at the same time, social media was exploding and there was everybody that were the influencers. And we didn't even know the word influencer back then. People building huge followings on YouTube and Instagram. And it was the innocent climb of, wow, I'm excited. I've got a hundred thousand. I got a million people and I'm making money from sponsors. But now everyone's waking up realizing they've built their tribe on land they don't own. Yeah. The, the algorithms change. They can rip out the carpet from underneath you at any given time. And if it's the first time you've made $100,000 or a million dollars, you're just excited. But it's a natural growth period as an entrepreneur to realize eventually you want to have control and ownership. So I would say entrepreneurs have been going through this awakening and that's what Skylab was built for is as an entrepreneur wakes up and says, thank you, social media, for helping helping me become discovered. Like I said, make it rain into your own bucket. But now I'm going to transition to having a little bit more ownership. Right as that was happening with entrepreneurs came the big tech explosion of distrust, elections, and cancel culture, cancel culture. And then suddenly it wasn't just entrepreneurs doing this because it made sense. It was, oh, my gosh. We're now worried about getting controlled. We're now aware of the algorithms. We're now aware that you're putting me in bubbles. And it's not just controlling the content I see. It's the subtle nudge of presuppositions. It's the crimes against logic that anybody who's educated themselves, it's so insulting to watch half of what we're being fed today yeah. because they're throwing in little things that you know your children don't know that 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 is actually not true what they just said. But when you hear it five times, they've convinced my child now that that's true. Yeah. So I would say it's a and there's no and there's no recourse at that. There's, there's no a, recourse because like there's no pushback. You sign unilaterally. You sign up for the next version and whatever. And when they then just dial back and say, by the way, now company X, who's advertising on social media platform X, mm -hmm. we're no longer going to share data with you about your own customer, and, and they're stuck. And, or we just pull the plug. You right. built this community, a million followers. You make your livelihood on this platform. But unless you start saying what we want you to say or fall in line with the narrative, we just pull the plug. So there's a great, well, <laughs> I want to say it that way because it sounds wrong. One of my talks that was more famous back in the day was the shift of trillions of power, of trillions of dollars in power. And it was talking about how if you owned the conveyor belt, if you owned the, the road, the tollway, first it was the newspaper. If you owned the newspaper, you controlled what people saw and read, and you could create heroes and create villains. Yeah. The newspaper, of course, Malcolm Gladwell talks about this, lost power to the radio. Then there was an entire generation of people that would sit around, you know, when you watch the movies, their dinner table, and they'd listen to the fight or the war on the radio. But yeah. whoever controlled the radio controlled the narrative. Well, that was technology happened, lost power to the internet, to the web. Then in my main generation, the news 
channels and the web and the TV were the main source of control. And I was starting to warn people 20 years ago, you're going to see that people are now going to YouTube, the People's News Network back then, because you'd see in the news, it would be athlete steps off of the court and smacks a fan. Anger management issues, are athletes being paid too much? Read about it in the next 30 seconds. Well, the whole narrative was the person's already wrong. People would say, you know what? I don't trust the news. I'm going to go to YouTube. I'm going to watch 30 individual people who just took a video themselves and yeah. see that maybe the guy, you know, was, they were throwing pop cans at him, pour, you know, you know, they were being mean to him. And then finally, you're, you're not mad at the athlete. You're like, heck yes, he should have stood up. Well, that's when social media was the freedom network. But then because it brought context, because it brought context and unbiased opinions. Yeah. But then, as usual, when the news legacy media lost that control to social, they're not they're not dumb. They went after it and took control of it. And now social media is no longer the people network. Now it's controlled. Right. Because they saw the shift coming. Because when once you own the toll booth, you don't care what car goes by. You're making money. Yeah. So and, and unfortunately, so many nefarious things go through the toll booth. And here we go again for us. Sex right. trafficking. The first time we really sat down and, and, and I said, hey, Dean, listen, integrity, character, our values, it has to permeate, permeate through. And, and never have I heard you, anybody at Sky. It is, it is core culture. Now, I right. can say the opposite of some other big tech companies because I've been called in by these big tech companies saying, hey, stop coming after us. Stop exposing these things, you know. And they even offered money, mm -hmm. saying, "Hey, what if we what if we contribute to your nonprofit? What if we help you fight trafficking?" They go, "Well, you're creating the problem, and now you want to throw money at me to silence me. Those two things don't go together. Help fix the problem." Mm -hmm. And then arrived Skylab. Mm -hmm. Comprehensively, it started as maybe as a baby, and it was one thing, and but now. It's growing. So take us through some of these slides. Take sure. us through some timeline here. Becca will just help us as you guide us here. Help us understand a little bit better. And at some point here in this conversation, we'll bring it home for a corporation or an individual. As small as an influencer that's not even an influencer yet, that just has a little business from home that says, mm -hmm. listen, I just want to build something on my land, not rented land. right? Mm -hmm. I, and I want to be able to say what's in my heart in my belief system and not being canceled, right? We'll, we'll dial it all the way back down to that, but just walk us through some of, sure. these, some of these slides. So on the slide that's up on the screen now, this is going back to the, I would say before cancel culture, this is purely just an entrepreneur play. It is that entrepreneurs now want control of their content, their values, their data, and their ads. Now let's go back to that one that says values. What do you mean? Well, normally if you're using a Facebook page or an Instagram page, you don't have the ability to go put up buttons to say, this is not just who I am and what I'm having for breakfast. Here's my success routines. Here's my values. Here's what I consider is helping me navigate through the chaos right now in the world. You can't customize that You page. can't customize. You and can't so, call Facebook and say, hey, it would be cool if, if you add this button for me. Exactly. Not so, possible. So once you're able to have the power to set to share your values with other people who might be following you or wanting to become you. There's a big difference between following someone and wanting to become like somebody and then getting control of your data and your ads all on a cloud that you have. Creators are just wanting this freedom today. So that's the main core of what we do is giving people wings to control their own narrative and their own content. And that's, we're in the background. You'll never hear about Skylab. Normally it'll just be our clients their platforms, their names in the app stores, and uh, whether they're on an app or just a website, 
We're just empowering it from behind the scenes. It's kind of like Intel inside. Yes. And, and then the ads on the other end, ultimately what it comes down to is always the money, right? And yes. having control over earning an income, the messaging and the data, getting the data back so that they know the metadata or who's my micro-influencer of my brand, which they would never hear well, from Facebook and or from anybody else. It has to be permission-based data too. Because yes. there's not a relationship. As you said earlier, this is different. Right. They're volunteering data in saying, look, this works for me. Right. If I do that, and they volunteer data in, and now it's a community. It's like a community helping a community. So if you go to the next slide, um, it'll talk about, these are the four mega trends that right now, if you're listening to this, you're just going to see this everywhere in the news, whether you like it or not. So it, you're probably already aware of it, but if not, let me distill it down. There's the decentralization of currency. Obviously, that's crypto. Then there's the decentralization of social media. That's where big tech's being broken up into smaller uh, new platforms that are coming out. And I'll dive into that in a second. Then there's the decentralization of the news. There's new media coming out. Again, the people who own the toll booth are starting to lose control of it. But then the last uh, uh, one, number four here, is the dematerialization. Which of I objects. don't hear anybody talking about at the moment, but you and but Skylab. I don't hear anybody in news. Decentralization is kind of, people say it, but they don't even really know what that means necessarily, right. practically, right? So we're going to break it down. Yes. But I'm not hearing anybody talking about the dematerialization. And what that means, so decentralization, it means it's almost like you metaphorically blockchained it. It means that the you're not giving any one person power. It's a group of people that have power or a group of entities. So it's, um, so you're spreading out the wealth and spreading out the control. More options. More options. More choices. Yes. Yeah. Now, more de freedom. Dematerialization is going to the music industry. It used to be controlled by a physical product that you had to buy. And then as technology increases, the product goes away and it becomes this air. It's a digital file now. Okay. It's like Blockbuster losing power to Netflix when it's just an invisible subscription versus an actual physical. Well, that's what's happened to art. Art is a physical thing. Well, now it's becoming an, a dematerialization of art, an invisible thing. So as dematerialization happens, that happens with art. And it's also now happening with your own bio. You're going to see that in general, large social media, you are the product, which is what we've all unfortunately realized. And, uh, and we've said you're, for you're, a while, you are a product. Yes. And you have a behavioral persona. There's It's you, your data, who you are. So you are something. Okay. Well, that something now can be an NFT. That meaning, so you're not just going to see art be NFTs, you're going to see you be an NFT. It could be something, a thought, a concept, your particular makeup of data that you can own. And if someone wants that data, fine, but you get control over who you give it to. Where in big tech, you are an NFT. We just, they just never exposed it. They exactly. looked at you as a product, as an NFT, but they've monetized yes. that file without your consent yes. and they built it without you knowing it. Now we're saying under Skylab, you are still that, but you own it. Yes. You decide if you monetize it or not, in what portion and in what fashion, et cetera, in which community. And, and Exactly. You're yeah. just giving the power back. So these are the four trends. Well, what's happening is, is that in order to take advantage of these trends, being aware of them is one thing, but how do you take advantage of them? If you desire, you have to own your own platform. So that's the next slide. And it'll talk about here that, well, as you see here, the decentralization of communities is we talked about that on the left hand of the slide, there's all the big tech platforms. But now people aren't looking to go join another massive platform because they don't just they don't trust it anymore mm -hmm. um, because everything looks official. What they're now looking to do is to follow what I call trust agents. They want to a eliminate the noise of social. It's gotten too big. 
B, they want to return trust. Well, how do you return trust? You start to follow the people on the right that you've determined you trust on a topic. Well, as we've all seen right now, a lot of people trust Joe Rogan. Whether you agree with everything or not, they trust him way more than they do CNN. Or people might trust a Ben Carson or a WWE superstar or a Yako in this show. So you're going to trust different people for different things. There's certain folks when it comes to health and fitness. I don't have the time to keep up with all this health and food. What's the newest protein shake? What's the best digestive gut enzyme? I don't know. And the problem is you Google anything and everything looks so official. Everything's the best. Everything's the, so what yeah. people are going is I want a trust agent in health. I want a trust agent on news. I want a trust agent on thought leadership, human trafficking, you know, the situation. So you are a trust agent for many, many people. I'm trying to get people to wake up and realize this is the decentralization of social. There won't be any more giant main platform. It's going to be, you're going to end up having four to five miniature platforms that you follow and trust. And hopefully now those platforms are actually owned by the trust agent. And that's what's got, because exactly. Facebook is not going to go to Mark Wahlberg and say, Mark, you can own your own Facebook and be the trust agent where you own control the data, the messaging, you can customize it, you can bring your value, your value reinforcement if you want. That's not gonna happen well, by big tech. That is right. what Skylab offers yes. to not just celebrities, No, everybody who's listening to this that says, listen, I have a dream, I have a company, a business, a ministry, mm -hmm. you know, literally a product, Anything. whatever that is. Skylab can give you the power of a Facebook but if I say more so, Facebook only gave you an opportunity. Well, and it to your didn't point, really give you power. No, and, and to your point, they tried doing it with groups. You know, they, they would say, "Hey, everybody, form your own little group in Facebook." But, yeah. In Facebook, right? Well, the problem is, is that still did, it missed the the core human behavior. Of, but I don't own it. I still don't have enough control. So I can't set the parameters and the boundaries. I I don't decide the rules for this group mm -hmm. because the second, as we saw, that even if it's my group. Right. Where I violate your policy for whatever reason, not even something that's illegal, because we all agree there's things. We, of course. We need guardrails in life. We need structure in life. We need rules. You can't just play football with no sidelines. It will be <laughs> right. blood spot, exactly. right? Right. But even if I'm on the field of play and you just decide that today the weather changes, you can just pull the plug. And I yep. think that people were fleeced and now they, they've woken up to that. And if, you, if you've gone through enough in life, and this goes back to what you started with, if you've gone through enough of your own personal journey and you've come to the point where you finally have an abundance mentality versus a scarcity mentality, then that translates to your business, that you are willing to give other people control, other people ownership. You're not trying to keep everything to yourself. Well, that's an evolution of the human spirit to the point where you finally are just comfortable in your own skin and you're okay with other people doing well. And understand it, we're actually here to serve and to lift other people up. It's yeah. actually the, the human spirit is really by God's design is to say, look, a rising tide should raise all, all ships. ships. Yes. And whether you come at that from a biblical standpoint or I'm shocked that whether you come at it from a lot of the supposed thought leaders in California at one point that all talked about this. And yet now they're violating everything they claim to be because they were part of the group that we interviewed to build this. It was all about giving ownership back, true transformation, and then suddenly everyone wants to control it. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. So you see that happening right now. Um, and I love it because it gives people choice. And simply put, 
you know, it doesn't take billions of dollars to enter the race. As you mentioned, you can be an inf a person of influence. And that's the other distinction. When people say influencers, they often think social. Like you have to compete with this super hot 20-year-old or stud guy at 23 that's doing that's amazing with their video production. Well, I'm talking about people of influence. Yeah. You know, those are folks because again, if I'm following you because you're cute, you scored a touchdown, or you're a train wreck, well, that's that's following. That's not I, influence. Right. Yeah. I'm talking yeah. about people that you're following for a long period of time because you respect them because they're navigating through some chaos or some topic and you want to become them in an area those are the folks that can monetize yeah and you don't need millions of those oh, 500 to a thousand yeah exactly and so this is where most people who even have some following they go, wait a minute you telling me that i'm missing out somehow to yes that's exactly oh, what we're telling you yeah you've not been given the mechanisms through those platforms to really win because it's not about you really it's about this platform i think we got a couple more slides back if you yep. go if you go to the next one i love this slide i may <laughs> make this the thumbnail of the show <laughs> it probably will be the thumbnail of the show but just walk us through this i mean <laughs> sure so it says together we are bigger and in the subtitle here it says creators are demanding their own platforms to take back control and to offset cancel culture yeah. so much of what we talked about earlier is that the awareness of oppression and how to overcome oppression is for the individuals to realize there's more of them than there are the people doing the oppression. And this has been standard in everything in life for a long time. This is the classic visual we reverse engineered of Netflix um, taking over Blockbuster. There used to be an iconic one of Netflix. It was all the individual subscribers at home versus the actual driving to the Blockbuster store. So today is Trust agents now realize they don't need big tech because there's companies like ours that support them. They can all gang up together. It's a hundred billion dollar economy. What's more likely you're going to form a new platform and go get a billion people on it, or you're going to have a thousand people of influence that have a hundred thousand followers that all together have a billion people. But but truly engaged. So that's the difference too. Because yes. I say this, just having 20,000 people following you on social media, and that's one thing about, honestly, those who, who our tribe, I don't even call them followers, our tribe, they become actual activists. Right. They go and they help us with the cause. They're activated, right? But that's not the case normally. It's just people who like a photograph. And I always say, when you're in trouble, will they show up? Right. When it's really game time, will they show up? Will they get in the trenches with you? Oh, heck no. 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 What we're seeing here is when these people of influence grab a Skylab platform and it's theirs and it's their name and their brand, mm -hmm. right? Number one, the other no other company does that. They're just too egotistical and too selfish. Now, all of a sudden, the people who do follow them are real supporters. They're, right. they're really engaged. There's real conversations going on, and you can monetize that because it's real. Because I'd argue for someone with a million followers, probably 5%, mm -hmm. 7% actually will convert into your core values and what you really want to be. So the rest is all fluff. And that's the difference I'd say between making the distinction between I have X amount of fans, but I have X amount of community. You might have 10 million followers, but you might only have a hundred thousand people that are actually there for your affinity group. So it's a difference between social is just come have fun and be social. An affinity group or affinity community is focused on a topic. As I mentioned, it could be trafficking, surfing, biblical, fitness, um, Moms for America, 
It can be, it's around a topic. So by the very nature. Chef's food. Yeah, chef's food. So exactly, yeah. um, you know, MMA. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and so I would say we have to not confuse social media anymore for affinity groups. Yeah. And really what's happening is people are leaving social and they're joining four or five affinity groups. Because they want real interaction. They yes. want real engagement. They want real value in return, right? Yep. I'm going to invest into this community, which yep. they invested. Yep. They invested time, creativity. If you think of YouTube, I mean, people invested for free, a lot of them, because nobody trained them. Still today, right. YouTube doesn't go around and go, hey, let's really train you how to monetize this. They don't <laughs> care. Right. They're monetizing it. Yep. They didn't come around and train you and say, hey, we see value in you. We want to uplift you. No, we're just giving you an opportunity to platform because you're really serving our mission. Here with Skylab, when they contact Skylab, it becomes all about their mission. Well, you just hit on something real quick. Uh, so I used to work with the head of monetization from YouTube who's no longer there. And he made a very big point that you hit on. Their business model was to get you in to stay on YouTube as long as possible because their monetization business was focused around the longer you're there, the longer the sessions. So if you were an influ person of influence who had your community doing something, you might not want them always on there. So instead of just teaching them whatever you were teaching them to help them on that topic, you were now at a conflict of interest because you were also just trying to keep them on. So you, so he was having to go teach influencers tips and tricks to keep people on the site longer, which sort of bastardized the whole relationship of why they were there Yes, because it wasn't their business. It was two different competing business models. Here we say, get rid of that. Don't worry about session time, get people in, educate them, put them in action in the real world, get them off the off the phone, back into real life. That relieves so much pressure of you as a person of influence because you've all now seen this wave of influencers who are now going, I'm a massive influencer, but this has taken over my life. It's exhausting. Mm -hmm. So how do I still, how do I give everybody my phone number without giving my phone number? You don't, you know, how do I make a difference without having a jet strapped to my rear end or posting 10 times a day? The key is. And, and honestly, and many of these are, are my friends and they'll be watching this and they'll know that I'm talking about them. They start chasing their tail because yep. you got one influencer chasing the next influencer. <laughs> well, he's posting four times a day. I got to post four. And they're talking about the same stuff. Right. And before they blink, they found themselves without identity. Right. Where you can't tell them apart. You can see the face and the name, but it, it's not. It's like, wh why are you here? Where here again at Skylab Platforms, it is all about that person's vision, dream, ambition, business, platform, ministry. Mm -hmm. And there's a core value there in getting people engaged to collectively move a mission forward. Mm -hmm. And it's mutual. It's give and take. That is not social media. No. So as an example, That is infinity group. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'll use the example we always talk about when we did for youth sports around, around cheerleading. And we discovered something that we hoped was true, but we weren't sure if it was. Could you get young children to do things that would make them better human beings if you gave them all the gamification they got on Instagram because normally a seven-year-old is not interested in personal development. So we had to break up three buttons on the home wall and it said, be a better athlete. Here's the things we want you to do when you go home outside of the gym. And the coaches came up with those. The second button was be a better human, said my life. And it was do your homework, do your uh, play with your pets, clean your room. And then the third one was make the world a better place. And it was a cool little line that even a, a young kid would understand. And that was stop bullying. Pay attention to people outside of yourself. And we were surprised the kids went crazy. And they literally fell in love with...
being a better athlete, being a better human, making the world a better place. They were winning badges. They were having thousand day streaks of never missing a day of going on there. And to and your forming point, healthy habits, form, value reinforcement, reinforcement. reinforcing and reinforcing to them that hey, think of culture just today, Dean. Mm-hmm. We're going to reward you for doing good. Right. What is culture doing today? We're going to reward the ones burning the buildings down. We're rewarding the one, the, the guy saying, hey, walk into a store and steal up to $950 with no consequence. It is <laughs> negative right. reinforcement. And you break a culture with negative reinforcement. We need value reinforcement. Yes. And, and every community has different values, which is why one size can't fit all. That's why social doesn't work yeah. anymore. You have to give because the, they become dictators because they set a rule that now crosses all communities. Not well; those are not our values. Right. The church saying, "Well, that's not my value," or, or a particular community with the, right. with the sexual preferences. Well, that's not my value, and it doesn't. One size does not fit all. Well, and we have legends now in the NFL coming out with platforms we're launching here and in different sports that are going, we would love to give back. And they don't even quite know how to say it in the right words. But what they're saying is, we've got certain values we'd like to share. And if we could reinforce them, we'd even be willing to reach out and say, great job, kid, for doing that or or human being. But I don't care what you had for breakfast. And I'm not going to reward you for taking a cute selfie. Yeah. So (laughs) show, show me something that's there. This last slide here talks about that when you give people the power to run their own platforms on the left, You have to also then stay collaborative with all the sources of content and news on the right, because you might have certain actions you're having people do on your platform, but then you also want to promote other things like Patriot Mobile, like in other organizations where you might pull in content from a Rumble or a Free Space or a Parler. So your platform has to be collaborative with other platforms. So you still have the control, but the world still has news. And, yeah, and, yeah, and this is not about saying, well, the answer to cancel culture is to be to also become the one who cancels. Right. No, that's not an answer. Exactly, that's just one dictatorship for another dictatorship, and that and that produces nothing. What you're saying is, with a Skylab platform, it is about saying interact with everybody. Yep, play with everybody. Actually, become a a thread connecting true purpose platform to platform corporation to corporation, and and really saying, hey, you're owning your platform now, but you can play with the world yep they just can't stop you from being you they can't tell you marginalize you tell you how to be you you know or pull the rug from under you exactly yeah and it's i just it's human behavior it's time people social media proved that people were going to gather online thank you for proving it thank you for proving people like reinforcement like likes there are things they did right. There were a lot of unintended consequences that were negative or hope and potentially even some intended consequences. But the reality is they proved certain things were right. So we need to pick up the areas that were right, use technology for good. I like to say it, technology with a heart and really get parents and organizations to wake up to realize, A, you're not too small. B, you've got a community and you don't have to worry about all the overhead anymore. You've got the power and it's your values. You are the... People like to use the word algorithm. Well, how about we remove algorithm from everything and just have a parent come back in and say, this is what matters to me. Yeah. So we just need, we just got to get parents and organizations to wake up and realize you don't need these other massive things anymore. Take back control. It's, it's so, so in a nutshell, just when we come to, and we talk about security and safety, uh, harvesting or scraping data, mm-hmm. 
when someone owns a Skylab, a Skylab platform, which is their platform, Skylab's in the back again. Mm-hmm. It's like the Intel inside. People don't even see that. Skylab right. drives it and it and it provides them this platform. But that's not happening. Skylab is not scraping data. Skylab is not selling the people's right. data, correct? I mean, that community and, and the and the creators of that community with their tribe, they own the data. That's a great question. If you look at the slide up on the screen now, it's about giving ownership and control to the creators. A, you need to have uh, something that can pop out platforms very quickly because it's expensive. Well, that's what our platform factory does. We can launch a multi-million dollar platform in a week and then we give it to you so you don't have to go through tech hell. So we'll just pause there for a second. Someone has a reasonably decent following. Mm-hmm. They have a natural gift as a chef. Mm-hmm. They have been working on this one product and they, they've got a little company and they've got a store and a website and they're running. But they go, listen, I want to do things on social. I can't. They can come to Skylab. Skylab builds them a platform that's got the power of a Facebook yep. and more even with an ad network, the whole deal, right? And you pop that out for them with their branding and it's there in a week. Mm-hmm. Because that's power. We're and not, then they can connect and still play with Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, yep. Truth Social that launched yesterday. Yeah, exactly. Everybody will still be able to use that. Yeah. So, and the reason is we're not an app developer. I don't build random apps for people. I'd have to create things every day. We specifically only work with, with communities. If you have a community that you want to grow, train, track, and reward, or get funded, if you're that's what we specialize in. So we don't have to recreate the wheel. It's all built. We just turn things off and on. So we're allowed to launch the platform. Then Web 3.0 is very important. If you're concerned that your community might get shut off in the app stores, you need to make sure that your experience on the web is as powerful it looks and feels like an app so you're not controlled by the app stores anymore that's real important that's not just having a website that means you have something that looks and feels like a real app then the next ones you have to make sure that if you want you can have your stuff hosted wherever you want do you want it on public clouds great like at aws or would you like to have it on a private cloud which the general business owner is not going to be able to have a private cloud. They're not. How no. would they even have the the resources? Nor would AWS or those people, uh, you know, afford that to them. Here at Skylab, they can they yeah. can have that option. It, it, they can have that option, and because, well, because a they might be concerned about censorship or control, or b maybe they just want to support a company they they want to stop supporting a company they don't want to support, and they want to start supporting a company they do want to support. So and the next one is then you have a marketplace where you can share content with hundreds of other collaborators. And then you have an ad network across the entire thing that, you know, if you've got 1,500 people that went jogging today or read this biblical verse or um, took this course, well, that's some advertiser's avatar. That's someone who's going, hey, I'd love to talk to those people. You get to choose what advertisers you want to give access to your people. Well, again, you're in charge. It's like Maybe you've been a football player, but you've never owned the stadium before. We're giving you your own virtual mall, your own virtual stadium overnight, and now you get to decide what sponsors you want to let in that stadium. It's all about giving you that control. And the last one is merchant processing. Sometimes people are concerned now with cancel culture that I can't, not only can I not just run my platform, I'm worried about sponsors. I'm worried about processing. I'm worried about cloud. Well, to have a true solution that's autonomous you have to provide all these solutions. Well, we just saw funding apps, in-kind given, being shut down for certain people feel like oh. they want to support truckers. And all of a sudden, you know, people go, well, your funding you gave, 
that's great. We're going to redistribute it to someone else. They didn't right. give those people the option to say, well, we'll send your money back to you. No, it's oh, like, it's crazy. We'll go it is crazy. And it's unfortunately, we are here. And so yeah. people are paying attention. And I'm hearing people ask questions, but it's normally around, well, who's going to, because now it's also a dangerous time because people don't have context. So they just hear decentralized and they're, they're stealing my data. Without the, the proper understanding of really what that process looks like, there's a lot of false narratives also going right. around, and false information, right, and misinformation. So, so just so people understand, when it goes to the one joining a group, and again, the chef has now this platform with Skylab, and someone is now joining there. The data that they're offering, they're not being mm -hmm. harvested, scraped. Right. They're offering information on, hey, when I cooked that, this was the result or whatever, or mm -hmm. I would add a little, my grandma's recipe said add a little bit of salt or whatever, <laughs> right? They're offering up information. There's an information share free willingly that then can be monetized. Yes. So I think- Talk me through that. Yeah. So that means, so let's say, first of all, Skylab's in the background. We give this organization, say Moms of America, right? Or Moms Link. Um, we give them a platform. The content, what they're doing, they own all of that. We don't own any of it. And to your point, the mom who joins that community, well, in that platform, that organization is going to have certain values they're reinforcing. Okay, moms, are you reading this? Are you doing these things? Are you showing up at your school board doing this? The mom who joins that organization has the choice to share if they're doing it or not. Otherwise, yeah. you'd never know it. So there's yeah. no scraping. There's no pulling. They have to volunteer. They have to volunteer. Buy an action. So there's an action button that says, uh, go to a school board meeting. The mm -hmm. mom goes to a school board meeting. If she doesn't volunteer it because it's not being scraped, exactly. then they would never know. But she says, I went to the meeting. It was a civil meeting. They gave me two minutes to speak. Or I was I was pulled out by my caller purely because I said, you know, exactly. I'm, I'm a woman of faith or whatever. And it's, she's volunteering that. And there comes the trust. Right. Because I want to ask you about trust, human behavioral science. Jordan Peterson talks about this so much. And, and I get into Robert Kiyosaki's of the world, the mindset and, you know, all these kind of things. Uh, and, and a book over here, you know, Sun Tzu and the art of war and how we combat in life and get advantage and upper hand. Trust. Let's just take that word. Okay. Trust was broken. Oh, in social media. Now we're even saying it's not even about social media anymore. It's infinity groups. Right. 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 Talk to me about restoring trust in human beings. It's it's so hard. It's very difficult to earn trust. It's quick to break it. Right. So can we restore trust in tech? Yes. Yeah, so going back to the mom example organization, if that mom comes in and chooses to share a few things to sort of test it, to see if she likes it, if she trusts this and that organization for the first time is able to take what she shared, gather it up as a community and say, mom number one shared this, but as a community, we had 14,000 moms today do this and complete that. That organization finally has the traceable transparency data to prove back to all the moms individually, your individual action added up to a bunch of actions and it's not subjective. And that information is shared immediately back to all the moms. And it's that same data that then can be taken to a government agency or fundings or donors who are going, we'd love to donate to your cause, but we feel like it's a black hole. We don't know where the money's going. So the big thing that even some attorney generals are starting to help us work on today is 
if you give someone a platform like this, it allows that charity to prove they're meeting their mission statement, yeah. which then unlocks funding. So it builds trust. Builds trust. So it's all traceability, about traceability, transparency, and trust, and trust, which is what we're saying we don't get from our government or right. from big tech. And it's and it's just been boiling and boiling. And like you said, nothing happens overnight. I always joke and say, just because I happen to know <laughs> the family, Justin Bieber didn't just happen overnight. There's kids right. that say, no, 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 no. I started supporting that dude when he was banging on drums when he was eight. Right. We made him. Right. The fans made him and they took ownership in him. And we're going back okay, there. So that's a really good point. Yes. Is that in these communities too, it has to be built into the tech that when mom number one did something, she chose to share something and she wants to see if that is having an impact. But more importantly, then now the owner of the community needs to quickly say, show me all the people in our community who read a book today or donated this or did this action. I need to quickly discover the diamonds in the rough, the micro influences in our community. Right. Or to your point with Justin, they're not just fans. They feel like they're miniature brand ambassadors. And we need a way for them to tell them to go do something so they can do it. So we can turn around and recognize them because they're not fans. Fans don't want to be called fans unless they were a pass by. If they've been loyal, they're like, we're not fans. We're micro influencers. We we're have part of this. We built this. this thing. Right. Yeah. So, so we wanted to bridge that with tech to say, now, Justin, for example, could say, show me every fan who's responsible for driving the most people to my platform today. Show me everyone who went and picked up trash at the beach like I asked him to. If he was able to quickly do that, unless you're and just- get that data and then reward them. And, and then and publicly, And I want you to mention, communicate it back. But I went, we, we had this conversation one day, giving someone $100 or a public mention, they take the public mention- oh. Every, and every so, time. So this is where they want recognition. So if you're, again, if you've been blessed to be in a position of authority or power or fame to where you know that you've got customers or fans that desire your attention, I need to, you need a quick way as you to say quickly, congratulations to everybody who went and donated or signed this petition today. Um, you know, you need a way to know they did it and quickly get back to them. It's that self, it's that full circle of gamification for good because they'll do more for recognition. It's like anything. If you, if you do your homework and you don't think anyone's ever going to grade it, even if you don't like the grade, you're not going to keep doing the homework. Yeah. So yeah. the point is, don't just make me a customer. Don't just make me a fan. Let me be an ambassador. Let me be a micro influencer. I'll, you know, I want to be part of this movement. And, if, and I need you to know, it's like employee of the month, but way more powerful. Yes. I need you to know that, I'm one of your top people. Yeah, absolutely. Because we are. My mother-in-law always says we have a sign on our heads that says make me feel important. And yeah. all of us do. And it's not that we just want people to be egotistical, but they're going to put in the effort. Now they're being railroaded. And they go, well, wait a minute. Right. We kind of helped build this tribe, but we're chopped liver. The, the reality is right. you've, you were always chopped liver. <laughs> it's time to reset that and go, wait, there's, there's, there's value. Because one little case, for instance, one of the cheerleaders – one of the actions on that one app was drink water. Mm -hmm. Well, now if she can show, hey, I've, I drank water a thousand days in a row. I volunteered the information, maybe took a picture or not. or just said, hey, drank water again today. That The host of that platform can now go to Smart Water and say, Smart Water, there's a 12-year-old that is an on-fire you know, brand ambassador that you don't even know exists and connect them directly. So it's not just the owner of the platform. 
But even just people being on the platform, taking action for good, value reinforcement, could turn around and ha- there's real benefit, not just social mention, but there could be real benefit so for them. You're referring to what we call our badge system now to where these people in any community, we don't, we don't, we can't control what the people who buy platforms do, what actions they track, but they're forced to take every action they create and categorize it into making the world a better place, fitness, health, wealth which allows us to take that and go get sponsors and bring it back to them. So as you mentioned, for example, we've done this in cheer, that kid who might be drinking water is earning badges for doing those things consistently, but that can be a badge that just says, Hey, good job. And it could be a shout out, or it could be a free trip to Paris paid by a certain airlines. So we have ones like ones, give your mom, give, give people compliments when they've given compliments so many days in a row, kind lips sponsors them. So it's a, and gives them free stuff. So to your point, it's not just the owner of the community. You have to share what I call social swag. But that's it's, more decentralized. It goes all the yeah. way down to yeah. the individual. You're now actually connecting the brand with the end yeah. user. Yes. Yeah. And through I, a platform. It's amazing. And, I mean, and last thing I'll say on this real quick is that there's certain organizations who unfortunately are celebrities where, yes, their fans or customers have always been chopped liver. But there's also a large group of people that that's not the case. They just don't have the technology to to be able to give back. I mean, a lot of them feel guilty because they're going, you fans made me, but I'm the one at the Oscars getting 45 bags of free clothing, watches, and tennis shoes. I don't know how to give back. And I want to share with you. Yeah. This allows them to say, I'd like to share. You've made me famous. I'd like to take a lot of the people who give me stuff and give it back to you. Absolutely. And they yeah. truly are. They they do have the heart. They just can't do it. No, no. On they, they, were, they were not given the opportunity through big tech yes. to customize that according to their core mission and value to be able to do what's on their heart to do because big tech just wouldn't, won't let them because it's not a priority for big tech. It's not, it's not what it's about. Dean, this conversation can go on for, for, for days, man. And, and so... Um, where can people, if someone just says, okay, I want to see the Skylab thing, where do they go? Skylab.world. Skylab.world. We'll throw it on the screen. We'll have it there. We'll have links in the bio. Perfect. This is Dean Gray. Um, I would say this because I can say this about myself and I would say it about you. There's never a moment in life when you're so out that you, you, you can't count anymore. <laughs> you can count. You can make a difference. And your right. upbringing is a lot you didn't share today. I know it. There were rough times. There was there was lack. There was challenge. But mm-hmm. if we make a choice to get forged in a fire, that's how you make steel, by the way. You forge it in fire. And and then dream and, and pursue discovery and go after it. Um, and check out Skylab.world. It's going to rock your world. I know it well. And it is the answer to cancel culture. I'd say it's the answer to social media because it's not about social media anymore. It's really about communities and making value people reinforcement. value reinforcement. So thank you, Dean. Blessings, you. man. Appreciate having you on. Thank you. It's been an honor. Thanks.